Episode 12, the Photon Podcast. It's a baker's dozen. Stay tuned. AmateurRadio15.com presents Photon, the other ham radio podcast. Sponsored by Main Trading Company. Find them online at mtcradio.com. Now, here's your host, Kale Nelson, K4CDN. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Kale, K4CDN, Kilo for Charlie Delta November. I am Kale, your host of the Photon Podcast. This is episode number 12, and thanks for listening. Hey, I want to give, a, of course, an obligatory shout-out to our show sponsor, Main Trading Company at mtcradio.com. Anything, really. Just just stop right here. Anything you need for the amateur hobby, they've got it, okay? Call them. They'll give you the best deal on it from anybody. Seriously. Call them. mtcradio.com. Tell them you're listening to the Photon Podcast. They're going to take care of you. I swear. Okay, so uh, the other day I sent an email up to KF7IJZ, and uh, he could tell that, that Kel was just going through some stuff. You know, we, we've been to Birmingham. We had a big family thing here on the farm, and back from Birmingham and, and the trade show, and it's just been a whirlwind since we got back home. And uh, Jeremy knew I was a little discouraged, and he called me. And uh, it was so funny. I wish I wish I'd have been recording it. It was hilarious. So he calls, and we don't talk on the phone a lot. We text and we email, like most friends do nowadays, right? And um, he he called, and I answered the phone. And about five or six, less than five or six minutes into the conversation, he said, you know, this is just like my own private, personal podcast. I'm just sitting here waiting for you to tell me that this phone call is sponsored by mtcradio.com. And yeah, I did the same thing. I liked the lost it. It was hilarious. It just is dry. I mean, it was just great humor. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, in front of all of our listeners, thank you for that telephone call. It meant the world, and uh, it's nice to know that your friends care about you. Uh, I'm not going to get on the uh, My Little Pony you know, unicorn thing here, but uh, your friends need to know that uh, you're thinking about them sometimes. It might just be what they just need at that present moment in their life. So if you can't get them on the air... Call them on the phone, all right? So it's uh, it's been almost, it is 13 episodes if we count 6B, which we've been talking about. And if you haven't heard 6B, that's okay. It's just about me. And uh, it's just about why, I, why I'm doing this, which, you know, I ask myself that question a lot, especially when my wife comes to me and says, what is this charge on the card for? I, I, I don't know what AWeber is. Um, well, sweetheart, that's the um, that's the email collection agency that I use to register listeners for the Photon Podcast, the giveaways and the emails that we very rarely send out and spam your box with, by the way. Oh, okay. And uh, what is HostGator and why are you, uh, that? that's, yeah. Um, the reason I say that is to say this. Two folks, uh, last episode, put some money in my PayPal account and uh, I'm not going to call you. I know one, don't know the other. Uh, but thank you both very, very much. Uh, when an artist, and I'm not saying I am one, is able to sell one of his paintings, it makes his day. When a uh, podcast host gets a call from one of his buddies to encourage him, 
or opens his PayPal account because he gets an email and says there's activity there and you're scratching your head and you see that some folks put some money in there, uh, that's kind of like selling a painting. You know that uh, you're connecting and people are appreciating what you're doing. I'm not standing here with my hand out. I am officially from the bully pulpit saying thank you to those two folks who gave this pastime. I really appreciate it, and it helps. Thank you so much. Now, I'm going to ask each and every one of you to do something this time, and it's got nothing to do with money, but it's got everything to do with you listening to the Photon Podcast. If this is your first time here, okay. Maybe I'll cut you some slack because you don't know how great it is yet, but you're going to find out as we progress. If this is not your first time and you've been listening since episode one, episode two, whatever, and you like the program, I need you to tell somebody. I'm serious. I went on iTunes the other day. I had a guy ask me, you know, what's uh, what's your what's your numbers? What's what's your analytics look like on the podcast? And I can't tell you everything because I don't even know. But I I logged out of iTunes. And then when went in search, in search of the Photon Podcast on iTunes, and I found it, and there was one review. And thank you, whoever that was, for your five-star review. I appreciate it. But for this podcast to grow, other people have to know about it. And I just can't be the only one to tell them. Of course, I'm going to say it's great because it's my podcast. So if you like the show, this is your call to action, okay? And every show is supposed to have one. You're downloading it. You're listening. You're subscribed to it. Take just a moment, please. Go into iTunes. Go into Stitcher. Go into Spreaker. Go on Facebook. Whatever. And tell somebody or review this thing, even if it's bad. I need to know what you're thinking. I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of contact throughout the week. So it's not that. But... For this thing to show up more often in search engines and whatnot, we need to optimize it. And to do that, I need your participation. And that's what I'm asking for. If you're listening on iTunes on your brand new iPhone 6, okay, you're way ahead of me and that's cool. Uh, Go in there and and rate this program. I mean, you can say, Kel is awesome. It won't hurt hurt my feelings at all. You can say, he sucks. That's okay, too. But I'd prefer, I'd prefer, of course, positive reviews. I've been sitting around trying to determine what I was going to talk to you about this time. Uh, And you're maybe scratching your head. Well, where's your guest? I am the guest. I am the host as well. I had two different uh, potential guests for this program, and both were unable to, uh, to participate this time. So instead of saying, you know what, I'm not going to put an episode out there, and you guys say, oh, did he quit? Because that's terrible. Like, you get something going, you need to keep it moving. I decided to share with you a little bit about what I saw on the Internet this week. And really, I want to talk to you about some things that I've been doing here in the shack on the farm regarding ham radio. Let's start there. Now, I'm not really a Facebook guy. I've said that from day one. But this new smartphone I've got, which is it's kind of just a joke, but it is a smartphone. I can post pictures to Facebook directly from my phone. Now, that's pretty awesome for me because I don't, up to this point, if I if I posted a picture, I had to take it with my camera, go into the house, download it from the camera, do any editing, and then upload it to a server and then hot link it to somewhere else to get you to see what I was trying to show you. And it's not that, that I'm a great photographer. Don't, don't take like I'm going there. 
But that's a lot of work, especially when your internet connection on your farm really sucks. So it goes from like a seven, eight, ten minute deal to get one photograph online to just pushing a button and posting it on Facebook. So it's from for those of you that have been following me on Facebook, this is old news. If you haven't followed, and I think that's the correct term, the Photime Podcast on Facebook, you've missed out on some pictures that I've posted here in the last couple of months. And a large part of those pictures have been a trailer project that I had here going on here on the farm for the local amateur radio club. Now, it kind of started not long after I started the Photon podcast, which makes me wonder why I said yes to one when I already had another one going. But here's what happened. The local club, and I'm a member of the local club, K4II.com is the website for the club. You will not be impressed, but it's okay. Uh, how many ham clubs have good websites anyway, right? So anyway, uh, we, the club, were in the same building. We had a, uh, what do they call it, a clubhouse at the Red Cross building in Spartanburg, South Carolina. It had big verticals and wire antennas on the top. It was really nice, big tower. It was, it was pretty sick. So we had our testing sessions there. We had a meeting room that we were allowed to use whenever we were meeting. And there was also a radio shack in there. Uh, you know, a typical club station, a couple of HFs, a couple of uh, VHF, UHF radios. And that was awesome until a check cashing company came by and said, Hey, Red Cross, this is a prime location in town. We would like to make this our new location. And we're going to write you a monster check to uh, get you moved out in 30 days. And I just pulled my recorder over. I'm so sorry. So uh, the Red Cross moved out, and the Spartanburg Amateur Radio Club, K4II, lost its clubhouse. So everybody's up in arms. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, they decided to buy a 6x12 V-Nose Leonard single-axle trailer. And it was a nice trailer. It is a nice trailer. And they packed all of their stuff into the trailer. So on field day, you would basically pull the trailer out to wherever you were having field day and you'd have to dig through the stuff stacked on the floor of the trailer to get it out to be able to operate your, you know, emergency station or whatnot or your field day station. Well, they decided after they had seen some stuff I had built that uh, they wanted me to upfit their trailer to make it like a portable emergency communications facility. Now, that is something I think a lot of hams really would like to to take a stab at to see if they could do it. Uh, I grew up a cabinet builder. That's what I am by trade. I'm a stay-at-home dad here and probably will never build cabinets again, but I, I began working at the age of 11 in the cabinet shop. So I've been around wood and building my entire life. My father-in-law is a building contractor, so I've got tools, I've got the trade, and they decided I was the one that needed to volunteer to build it. Well, I agreed. We brought the trailer down and looked over it. We contacted the local, um, what is that? Well, how would you consider that? That's a place that sells travel trailers. Okay. The local place that sells travel trailers. We contracted with them. They wired it for 120 volts along with installing a, a rooftop air conditioning unit. I got it home from them. I insulated it. I put a ceiling in it painted all the walls. Uh, we built cabinets in it. We wired it for 110 and for 12 volts, which 
turned out good on the 110. Still not real happy with the 12 volt. I wish we would have gone with an Anderson power pole panel. And I believe that that's probably going to happen here in the near future. Um, we have battery power. We have shore power. Uh, we have a an Astron 35 AM or MA, whichever one it is. Uh, that's got the dual meters. Mine's single meter. But anyway, we power it that way. And we've got the... Um, I don't remember what it was called now. It's, it's out of my yard for about a, about three weeks now, but it was uh, one of the, the rig runner deals that charges your batteries and also feeds your power. I wish I could remember. It was a, it was a great little product. I'll find it and link to it. I'm also going to link to these pictures that I'm talking about. I wanted to share with you about this project because a couple of things that I, when I finally got finished with what I had agreed to do, and that was to do the air conditioning, the electricity, uh, build the cabinets in, to what I could with the budget I was given, uh, install a shelving unit inside the trailer and have it ready to operate, paint the floor and whatnot. Um, it looked pretty good. I thought, and, uh, a lot of you guys that saw it on Facebook liked the picture. So I, I, I guess I thought you liked it too, but anyway, it turned out to look really nice. And the club, <clears throat> excuse me, the club came down and got it. We put uh, antenna mounts all over it and, uh, we, we protected the wires as they entered the side of the trailer. So, I mean, it's probably how you wouldn't have done it. And that's okay because I did it. And it's probably not how anybody else would have done it. And that's okay because you would do it differently too. And, and I'm not upset about that. But I, I just, to, just to let you know, I'm going to put some pictures up of it. Um, a lot of the things I'm really happy about how they turned out. Some of the things mm, I, I wish we could have done differently. The one thing that struck me the most... And up until just a couple of days ago, I've had this opinion, and I may still have this opinion. If Kale were able to afford his own emergency communications trailer, I firmly believe that after having converted a cargo trailer to an emergency communications trailer, I would start differently. I would have started, looking back on it now, with a travel trailer one that was already built to house human beings in, not a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Um, not that you need, you know, a horseshoe dinette and a full-blown kitchenette and a queen-size bed in the rear or the front. Um, but within the budget constraints of what the club had to spend, I think if they would have thought about it from the beginning and, and really kind of put their heads to it, that might have been a better idea. If for nothing else, it would have been created for created for habitation, not for hauling cargo. And that was kind of my only thing. After You know, I'm working through this. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And it, it is. And it's heavy duty. It's industrial. Uh, but at the end of the day, personally, I think the money would have been equally as well spent on a modern travel trailer. Now, with that said... Just the other day, I read a guy uh, who who said in the past he worked at, uh, he, I, I'm assuming he's from Indiana, because I think that's where they build all the camper trailers. And he said that these cargo trailers are far better built, and I'm assuming because they have the steel frames that they just wrap with metal and plywood, and that's the trailer. <clears throat> Excuse me. So anyway, after I read that, I said, well, maybe I'll see your point. But, you know, for a ham radio club that's not out killing it on Aries or Racies or anything, maybe that would have been a better choice. Maybe. So if you're thinking about 
buying a trailer to make into an emergency communications vehicle. Just pause for a minute and back up about four steps and look at it differently. Now, there's there may be some of you that are like, are you stupid, really? You don't think you would put it in a trailer like that because it's so much heavier built? You know, if you're living in Tornado Alley, if you're one of the guys like Cecil from episode one who lives in Missouri and you're going to have tornadoes all the time or wildfires or earthquakes, maybe you do need a heavy industrial trailer. Or let's take this for instance. The local club in Spartanburg decided not to seek any outside funding whatsoever. So they didn't ask the county. They didn't ask FEMA, DHS, the sheriff's office, 911, anybody. They asked no one for funding. They took their own money from their checking account and paid for all the materials, including the trailer, to have this upfit done. Now, all the work was donated by me. I had a couple of guys come down once or twice to help, which... I genuinely appreciate the ones that did. Some of them never showed up, and that made it hard when you got other stuff that needs to be done in your yard than a trailer. But if you have the capacity or the funding, go ahead. Get you a big, nasty trailer. But if you're a small club or an individual, and you've got, say, $2,500, $3,500, do not rule out the previously owned travel trailer. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, an ambulance wouldn't even be a bad idea. An old Red Cross truck would not be a bad idea. You know, it doesn't have to be a trailer. It just, you know, we learn from life's experiences, and I learned a lot from that experience on so many stinking levels. I can't even begin to tell you how much I've learned. Um, and a lot of it, I was uh, a lot of it was disappointment. You learn where your help is and where it's not. And you begin to figure out why they ask you to do it because you're the only one that would. You know. So anyway, I uh I got the trailer project done. I was real happy with it. I hope you guys were able to check out the uh the pictures online and maybe you'll be impressed. Maybe you'll have some better ideas. Maybe you'd like to comment on the website and put some links to some pictures of the trailer maybe that you've done for somebody, or maybe you've done for yourself. That's one of the projects. So there you go. Would I buy a travel trailer to build a to build an income trailer out of? Yeah. Yeah, I believe I would. If it were me and it wasn't a club. If it was just kale, probably so. Ah, uh, what else have I been doing? Well, you know, I've got a wife and five kids, and I'm really, I'm not getting anywhere with my wife regarding, you know, we've got to get your ham radio license. She's just not feeling it, and she knows all about it. She's just, it's not her thing, whatever. So, Kel's decided we're going to put up a GMRS repeater, and just a few weeks ago, I bought me a repeater, or I don't really have it together yet, but I've got some parts to build at least two and I'm kind of a one-is-none kind of a thing, so I went ahead and bought two transmitters and two receivers. They're by Tate, T-A-I-T, and uh, they're crystal-controlled, so they're, they've been around a while. I'm really excited. I bought them from eBay, which I never, ever, ever, ever buy any ham gear from eBay. But this gentleman from Alaska, I think, he, I, think I remember his name was Steve, uh, did very good on his sale. 
and I uh, didn't purchase through eBay. I just communicated with him because I found him on eBay, and that's how I wound up making communication and doing the purchase through PayPal. And he shipped this stuff from Alaska to South Carolina, which is how much further can you go, really? And uh, it came packaged like crazy. And it's still packaged like crazy because I'm not one fool. I, I, I've already just, I just finished one project, right? I have another hobby we'll talk about in a minute. I'm in the middle of it. I've got five children. We're not that far away from Christmas. I'm not starting it yet. It's going to be a wintertime project. So just to tell you, Kale's going to start building out a GMRS repeater. Now, if you have ever built a GMRS repeater, I would love to know about it. Most especially, what did you use regarding antennas? Um, I would like to get the most bang for my buck. Now, if I go directional, I get a lot of gain. But do I lose selectivity around the backside? Of course you will. So what are we going to use the GMRS repeater for? That's one thing to think about. It'll be for on-the-farm communications. And uh, like my wife now has gone to the in-laws. They live about five miles away. Uh, you know, just some communications back here around the country. If I could get in the town, oh, that would be sick. But I don't know that I can with the limited elevation I have, with no tower, and without going directional and high-power radios on her end. So if you guys got any experience, and I know there's some of you out there, uh, mm -hmm, I'm not going to mention your name, but uh, you reside in Texas, and I know you listen. We would love to know about you building a GMRS repeater. Now, we've already had the repeater show, right? We, we talked to George, and he was brilliant, still is, by the way. And we're going to have George on again pretty soon to talk about some other stuff. But if you've built some GMRS stuff, just Kel personally would love to know about your experiences with it and how it works. Now, if, you, if you're not familiar with GMRS, it's a almost license-free service. What happens is um, you buy the license and your family's covered. Okay, so I've got five kids and a wife. So all seven of us are covered. We live under the same roof, and uh, we can all use the same repeater under the license that I pay for. It's good for 10 years. I think it's 85 bucks from the FCC, and they'll gladly take your money. That's what they do. Okay, uh, we're going to listen to this from Christy, and we're going to come right back on the Photon Podcast and talk about some more stuff happening here on the farm. Visit mtcradio.com today, a great one-stop mom-and-pop shop for everything ham radio. Radios, antennas, power supplies, wire and cable, books and training materials, microphones, headsets, and accessories. Find popular brands like MFJ, Heil Sound, Jetstream, LDG, Alinko, Comet, Texas Bugcatcher, Radio Waves, and more. mtcradio.com, an authorized Kenwood and ICOM dealer. mtcradio.com. Yeah, again, I'll just I'll toss it out there, guys. MTCRadio.com, you need to check them out. All right, that's number one. Number two, review the show. Wherever you're listening to this show from, if you're getting a Spreaker, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever, please review the show. Okay? This may not be your favorite episode, and that's okay. Go back and listen to the other 12 and remind yourself why you like me. I'm not going to go Sally Field on you or nothing, but I would really appreciate some good reviews this week. Heck, we've been going since July. I've got one review on iTunes. It's sad. It's terribly sad. i got an old couple. I'm not even going to drink that, man. I'm up here in my barn. My barn is actually a real barn, and that's where my shack is. It's where my potential part 15 radio station is and i'm still kind of kicking that idea around that's a good wintertime project as well 
Oh, I told you I have a, another hobby, and that other hobby is garden railroading. Yeah, I know. How does Kel get himself into this stuff? Well, what happens uh, is that you're 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 coasting along, you and your wife, and uh, you've got a pretty successful business happening. You're young, you're enjoying your brand new Harley Davidsons, and you think you're pretty awesome. And then uh, you uh, you have a kid, and you're like, you know, this motorcycle thing's not going to work out. Because they don't really make a baby seat for this. So the bikes went away. 2003, my eldest was born. An awesome, awesome kid. His name's Eli. And uh, Eli just fell in love with Thomas the Train. And I've always been enamored with trains. I had a cousin back in the day. Had a basement. He was an only child. Had like nine trillion Legos, if that tells you anything, back then. And uh, he built a, a model railroad in his basement. It was killer. Or at least I thought it was because I was like six and he was maybe eight or nine, maybe ten. Anyway, we didn't have room in my house. My dad wouldn't allocate the funds to even you know build one anything larger than around the Christmas tree. We never even did that. So uh, Eli was born and like trains at about two. And we were in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And I saw this train running in a flower bed for this this like uh what a strip mall or whatever not a strip club you pervert it's a strip mall it's where they have show you know not sh- strip clubs where they have shows where they have stores lined up you know and you've got like planners out in the front well they had this big diesel engine running around in circles i didn't i had no idea there was such a thing so anyway very very long drawn out story uh here's the short version we've had trains in the past in the yard I've got five. My fourth born got upset one day. I didn't know why he was upset. I asked him. He did not remember having trains in the yard at the old house. That's all it takes. Kid breaks your heart, right? So uh, we started putting trains in the yard. We now have our loops down of track, and we are running trains on occasion here at the house. Built a waterfall. Who knew? And who knew that back when I was getting into model railroading, garden model railroading, it's large scale, 1 to 20, 1 to 22 and a half, 1 to 24 scale. I mean, it's pretty big stuff. Who knew that when I was teaching myself how to, to solder and whatnot, these components into these model railroads with the remote control and battery, matter of fact, the RC runs in the 27 megahertz band. Doesn't matter, but I just had to tell you that. Um, I never knew that I'd eventually get around to getting my license. So it, it kind of they kind of share some commonality between the model railroading and the amateur radio. Speaking of soldering, uh, back at the the Charlotte Ham Fest when I took the MCOM boxes up there and, and won first place in the mobile only box, I bought a uh, I bought a new soldering iron. Then I used it for the first time the other day on the railroad killer, and I can't remember the name of it. And I'll I'll make so much racket getting to it, I'll spare you. But I bought it from the guys at Quicksilver Radio. I'll put a link. I think it was like 30 bucks. It's the nicest soldering iron I've ever had. Now, I know it's not the real super gosh, a mighty nice one that it's like 150 bucks I've got in or 100 bucks I've got in the Photime web store. Uh, but it's really nice compared to what I've used all these years. And uh, I'm really stoked about having it, especially with these other projects that are coming up. Uh, for me, I'll be able to use it. MCOM boxes. You know, you heard Jeremy last episode talk about MCOM boxes. I've never showed you mine. Uh, now, some of you that listen know my internet aliases and you've seen my boxes before or you have seen my boxes before that sounded southern didn't it uh i need to show them to you i mean they're not super fancy and they're not in these big uh you know rack mount cases or anything but they work 
Matter of fact, when we first moved to the farm, I first got licensed in amateur radio. We've talked about this before. Um, I needed a box to put my radios in because I thought I would be operating from the inside of the house. And with little kids, I said, well, you know, if I could get it out of a box and use it for a little while and then put it back in a box, they can't tear it up. (sighs) That was the intent. Matter of fact, it never happened. I've never operated from inside of my house with an HF radio. What I have done is use my MCOM box as my primary station for about two and a half or three years. It worked great. Kenwood TS-50. Yeah, the old school mobile base station. Huh. If you guys are looking for a an idiot-proof, smaller size, full-power HF radio, they don't make them anymore, and you're going to pay about 500 bucks for them, which can get you a really nice, fairly brand new, nearly new ICOM 718. But this TS-50 is a work of art, and I love it. I mean, it, it was so simple for me to use coming into the hobby that it really spoiled me. I mean, it just it works every time. It works so perfectly for me. I love it. So anyway, it's in the box with a Samlex 1223 power supply and a Kenwood TM231, which is an old-school 2-meter two-meter FM radio. Um, and they're all there with a little power uh, power distribution block, and it's actually a fuse panel that you would buy to use if you had a um, uh, an antique car or maybe in a boat or something like that where you were adding some distribution of 12-volt power. Uh, the other box I have uh, was aptly titled the AK-47 box, and uh, I didn't give it that name. It just became that, and the reason that it got the name was because one of the guys who looked at it liked it and said it works every time. It's plain, it's simple, it's not flashy, it's not fancy, but it will do its job perfectly, and it does. It's really, uh, it's an inspired design, and, and I can't really take any credit for it. It was just me looking at everybody else's work and saying, well, how can I make that work with what I have? And what I did was I built... Um, two platforms. One goes in the very bottom of a Plano 1612 case. On that piece of wood, okay, it's an actual piece of wood, is mounted a 12-volt battery. I think it's a a 7.5-amp-hour battery, along with an MFJ micro power supply. And uh, there's another shelf that goes in and sits on the top rim of the box, like where the the inside tray would go. There's There's a shelf there. And when you have the box closed, the shelf is turned upside down. Mounted to the shelf is a TM-231. Are we seeing a pattern here? And uh, it goes down inside the box, so you don't see it when the lid's closed. Now, when you get to where you're going and you need to get out your MCOM gear, you open up the box, you flip your shelf. It's got rubber bumpers on the bottom, so if you want to put it on a countertop or just leave it in the top of the box, whatever, it doesn't matter. But it's all there. It all goes in a 1612 model Plano, uh, what they call large ammo can. Now, this is the, it's not much bigger than a 50 cal ammo can. It's plastic. And I'll, I'll have pictures up there. I'm going to spend some time to get some pictures up. They may not all be right there right now, but they're going to go up by the time, you know, a day or so has passed. So bear with me on the pictures, okay? It takes a little bit of time to do some of this stuff. So anyway, it uh, it works. It works great, and it allowed me to make a portable box. After reading Cecil Higgins, Episode 1, about what they needed in the field and at the Red Cross stations uh, after the Joplin tornado, this was what I was inspired to build. Now, I've already decided I want to do something different. 
and I'm going to be working on something <laughs> over the winter. How many times have I said that already, right? Uh, I'm going to work on a dual band, man portable, dual band FM rig, uh, self-powered and very lightweight. So we're going to see how that works out. Uh, so there's some, those are my boxes I've built. Um, I did the other day here in the shack get my Linux machine running. I've just had some some trouble here with the computers. I've got it running, and uh, I've got the FL Digi program going. So I'm able to do digital now from the shack again, which is really cool because I really enjoy digital. I've told you that before. And um, if if you're listening, you're like, what is digital, man? I don't get what he's talking about. If you don't know, here's Kill's redneck explanation, okay? It's text messaging over the air. Instead of using your cell phone or an internet connection, you're transmitting characters from your computer through the radio into the ionosphere. And somebody else out there in the world who has an antenna tuned to the same frequency that you're on, okay, their radio's on the same frequency or close to it, and they have a decoding program. They're able to see what you're saying from the keyboard straight out the antenna. It's really cool. Now, that's not to say that Morse code isn't considered a digital mode, but the digital modes, <sighs> this thing's killing me. The digital modes are really cool. All right, so why would you want to do digital modes? Well, it's, uh, it's you don't have to. I mean, there's some people that aren't interested at all. There's some people that's all they do. And I want to refer you uh, to a guy's YouTube page if you've never if you've never seen or heard digital stuff before. And uh I don't have his the address in here in front of me now, but if you go to YouTube and type in Kilo 7 Alpha Golf Echo, K7AGE, you're going to find him. And you're going to find some introductory videos to PSK31. And if you'll just give this man your time, you're going to learn so much. He's going to show you how to listen to, decode, and actually be able to visualize signals that your ear just hears a bunch of noise without even having to have a ham radio, okay? If you've got a computer, laptop, or desktop with a microphone plug and you've got a desk mic somewhere that works with your computer like you Skype with or something, you can use that and listen to digital modes operating on the air with your shortwave radio, okay, and decode it with your computer, K7AGE. Now he follows us on Twitter and his name has just totally left me. I'm I'm so embarrassed. But you have to understand that as a dad of seven kids, it's really hard to even or five kids. I don't know how many kids I have. With family total of seven, I have five kids. It's hard sometimes to even keep up with their names. Okay, so please, please just forgive me. Randy. It came to me. Randy K7AGE. Now, he's on Twitter as well, at K7AGE, and he's on uh, Ham Nation. Uh, you'll find him fooling with the Ham Nation guys a lot. So if you're interested in doing anything regarding digital modes, go to the AmateurRadio15.com website. Show notes will have a link to Randy's stuff. It's where I learned about digital modes. It's where I still go back to learn about digital modes. He lays it out there. It's I don't know how many parts the series is. But it starts here, and it, it, he graduates you step by step, and it's brilliant stuff, and you need to be checking it out. Digital modes, to me, are just a lot of fun, and it may just be uh, maybe my vintage 
it may be that I enjoy that and you may not. But you just for what it's worth, give it a look. K7AGE. Randy is his name. And I'll remember that next time, Randy. And uh, I hope folks will be, be coming over to check out your, your uh, YouTube page. You're going to like it. There's a lot of good stuff on there. And you should uh, you should be checking out the other folks that are propping up the uh, the ham radio hobby, man. A lot, of, a lot of exciting stuff is happening in amateur radio right now. Innovation continues. And I think that you picked that up from uh, two episodes ago when we were talking to George. And the innovation that they're, they're breeding out there on the West Coast is just phenomenal. And it's really exciting. It's really encouraged me to begin looking at the hobby a little differently. Um, instead of just being a radio to talk on and maybe some friends locally uh, that we chat on two meters, it's really kind of inspired me to 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 want to do further things in the hobby. Now, the podcast is going to get in the way of that a little bit. I understand that. But uh, last week, our last episode, rather, when, when uh, Gerald was telling us about the APRS stuff, boy, my radar spun up, and I'm like, why aren't I doing that? Why in the world am I not? Do- I've got a brand new in the box. I mean, literally brand new in the box. GM 300 Motorola two channel VHF radio. That's begging for me to do something with it. Now, before everybody says, oh, you just need a cable. Let me default by saying it doesn't have the 16 pin plug on the rear. Okay. So whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to have to figure out how to get into the mic jack, but I would love to see it turn into a digipeter. If you guys know the easy way to do that, the easy way is just to mail Kel a cable and he'll put you some money in your PayPal account. Call me. <laughs> no, I've got a I've got the brand new radio over there and I need to be doing something with it. Speaking of doing something with it, and and I hinted about this the last episode. And I was talking about building radio props and I had some emails. What are you talking about? Well, there's a book. There's a book called Lights Out. And you probably should be reading the novel if you enjoy dystopian fiction or if you like, uh, I don't know, if you, what's the best way to say that? If you're a prepper. Okay, there we go. There we go. So if you're a prepper and you haven't read Lights Out yet or you like dystopian fiction, you should read Lights Out by David Crawford. I've got it in the Photime Web Store. Go to the miscellaneous tab. You'll see some cool stuff there. It's stuff that I like, so you you'll probably laugh. But anyway, lights out. Okay, so they're they've taken a um, they've taken this book that's like eight hundred pages long, but it's so good you need to read it because it's worth the eight hundred pages it takes to get to the end. So they're, they've taken the book and they're going to make a film out of it, and it's not going to be like shot in some dude's backyard. I mean, it's it's a real production. They're working. They've got a lot of real sponsors. And, and there's a lot of money being put into this film. I'm working with them to generate some radio props. Um, now, it doesn't have, it really doesn't have any amateur radio in it. Uh, there's a CB guy who had CBs before the, the world ended uh, with some sort of electromagnetic pulse. We don't really know if it was, you know, somebody from another country or if it was old soul, but somebody turned the lights out. Anyway, so they've got some radios that still work. Not all of them are fried and they use them in the film. And I've made some props and I've made one really ugly prop and people look at it and are like, why would you do it that way? Well, what happens in the story is the guy who's the CB guy and there's like a machinist, they get together and they build a 
a man portable rig on an Alice pack frame with a motorcycle battery and a 23 channel CB radio. Now they couldn't go to Radio Shack, not that they'd find much there anyway, right? But they couldn't go to the shack, they couldn't get online and order anything. In the book, the power's off, everything's closed, survival of the fittest, and they want to use their radio. So they used what they had. And what I did was I built a man pack radio with what I had here in my shack, uh, pretending like I couldn't go anywhere to buy anything to build this man pack. It's not pretty at all. It's the goofiest, dorkiest looking thing you've ever seen. But to me, it fit the spirit of the story really well. May use it in the film. Don't know. But they liked it enough that they asked me to make some more props, a little sexier, a little, uh, what do they say, high speed, low drag. And uh, so we're going to see how those turn out. I'm working on that. Another wintertime project, right? Cha-ching! Kel's not going to have any time to do anything this winter with all these freaking projects he's piling on himself. But anyway, Lights Out Saga. Maybe LightsOutSaga.com. There'll be a show note there. Check them out if you like dystopian fiction, if you like a very fast-paced, involved novel. It's not a how-to novel. Okay, I'll leave it there. It's not like that one. It's just a great story. And I think you will really enjoy reading it if you enjoy that sort of thing. Oh, me. Uh, I think I've bored you enough. If you've made it this far, I'm really excited that, you, that you're still here. Uh, thank you. Sincerely, thank you. I, uh, I hope to be back next time with a guest who is not nearly as boring as I am. And maybe some updates for you regarding where I've gotten on my winter projects. It's cold. And we've gotten past Halloween, and they've already got the Christmas stuff at Lowe's and wherever else you go shopping. That's really the only place I ever go. It's kind of sad. And Amazon is like, oh, Amazon, totally forgot. Yes, you go to Amazon and buy something through my store, I get a commission, which is cool. But get, I did something on Amazon the other day. I bought a Baofeng walkie-talkie. I did, really. Um, I'm really wanting to start spending more time on the 440 machine here locally. And, um, I've got two meter radios everywhere and I'm not one. I worked in the fire service for 10 years. So when I didn't have to, don't have to wear a walkie talkie or an HT anymore, I don't. Uh, but I, I want to get back in the habit of having that, having that other communications device on me. Okay. So I looked around, I've got my Oshin radios. I really like them. They're, they're they're really nice, but the smartphones kind of kind of ruined me to skinny stuff, you know, skinny components. I looked at the kids. They've got the UV3R Plus. Banging little radio. I love them. You can charge them on the USB. My kids have not destroyed them in almost 11 months, guys, and that's amazing. Uh, say what you want to say about Baofeng, Pofung, whatever they are this quarter, but my kids haven't broken the 3R Pluses yet, and I'm still astounded by that. So... I get looking around on Amazon, and uh, I said I could buy a 5R, and I could get the spare battery and all this stuff. And I was like, everybody's got a 5R. And then my buddy's got the five, the B5s, which are just phenomenal little radios. But I wanted something different, so I think the one I bought was called an A52, A52, Alpha 52, and it's supposed to be here tomorrow. And I know it sounds silly. It's a $36 walkie-talkie, but I'm kind of excited to get it. Um and why didn't I buy the B5? Well, he's got the B5s, and you've got the 5Rs, and we know that the the uh, FT60 is awesome for 170 bucks. 
I had 40 bucks to spend, you know, so that's what I bought. My wife, we, we, we did some business in Birmingham and came back and I got a little allowance and that's where I spent my $40. So, um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And, uh, it'll, it'll be more like a, just a little back pocket kind of a thing, I hope. And it'll allow me to be there on the 440 machine as some friends of mine here locally. And I begin to try to use it to keep the cobwebs knocked out. So completely forgot about that main trading company. They want your business. They'll earn your business. If you give them the opportunity, the Amazon Photime store, it helps me pay the bills. All right. Now, remember, what are you supposed to do if you're still listening? And thank you, Jesus, for you still being here listening because I have rambled and rambled, but you're supposed to go and review the show. Don't count this one. Count all the good ones we've had before. And we'll be back next time with a good guest and some more progress reports from Kel and his projects. Guys, thank you for listening. I appreciate you being there. I appreciate your encouragement, your time, and your dedication to keeping this thing on the air. Till next time, God bless you guys. 73. Downloading, listening, and subscribing to AmateurRadio15.com presents Photime, the other ham radio podcast. You can find our past episodes, web links, and more at AmateurRadio15.com. That's AmateurRadio15.com. Follow us on Twitter at Photime Podcast. And remember to visit our show sponsor, Main Trading Company, at MTCRadio.com. Till next time, 73s.